coach, Welcome to 2021. Here we are, first podcast of the year. I'm excited to get some new content out and keep the thing going. Um, I'm just going to jump right into today's topic. I, I have no real interest in trying to do like a 2020 recap or talk about how 2020 was bad and we can only go up from there. Um, I really want to focus on what we do and what we do best, which is just... Uh, try to make the best coaches uh, we can make or, or help the coaches the best way we know how. Um, so going somewhat along the lines of, you know, New Year's resolutions or kind of a refocusing, uh, you know, it's funny, I've been in the business long enough where early in my career I was tapped by local um, uh, businesses to write uh, you know, a New Year's resolu- resolution piece, you know, in local newspapers or magazines. And, you know, it would always be like, okay, do the, the top new trends for the next year, and, you know, those would be the, the resolutions. And, you know, there was a lot of that, which, you know, when I was in my early 20s, that's kind of what I thought fitness business wanted and needed, and that's what we did. And then, I don't know, somewhere around the late 2000s, there was a big backlash on New Year's resolutions. It's like, why wait? Why wait to the new year? You know, start them now. And again, I was totally on board with that. Uh, still am, to, to be honest with you. Um, but now people are revisiting New Year's resolutions again and, you know, making that a priority. And, and it's just all over the board. So sometimes it's cool to have resolutions. Sometimes it's not cool to have resolutions. Um, really, you know, anytime you can talk about resetting or refocusing your plan, whether it be at the beginning of a new year or a new month or just in the middle of the week and you decide I've got to make a change, that's when you need to make a change. But fundamentally, you still have to make a change and there still has to be some sort of um, guiding force that helps you do that and and, and step-by-step process on how to actually accomplish that. And I don't really want to talk about that necessarily today. What I want to talk about is what you can do to help make changes in your clients. Because again, we're all about making better coaches here. So this next couple episodes are going to be how you can make the biggest impact with your clients. There's a few things that some some may say are basic. um, But again, I think they're worth repeating. And I think they're, you know, there's a few things that people aren't quite doing exactly uh, fully throughout the year, myself included. Um, so this is as much uh, as a help for me and a reminder for me as it is helping you guys understand the importance of some of these things. So um, in no particular order, we're just going to jump right in. Uh, and again, think of everything we talk about in the context of helping your clients. Yes, it will help you, some of these, but the biggest thing I think we can do is be um, a walking billboard for our clients and for our business and for our lifestyle. Um, When I was at the hospital, um, I remember my my mentor there and and, and boss, Brenda uh, Fitzenmeyer, 
and her husband, Bill Fitzmaier. They were extremely instrumental in teaching me, um, you know, about leadership, but teaching me about uh, professionalism and organization and a lot of things like that. And so there was just a lot of things that I learned and that I picked up on. But one of the things that Brenda and I were talking about was how to get the message out. And I I just was thinking, um, you know, I'll just walk the hallway, you know, like on times where I don't have a client or whatever, I'll just go into the hospital and I'll walk from department to department, just popping in saying, Hey, I'm the new wellness guy. And this is what I do. And this is how I can help you. And, and just be a quote walking billboard. And, you know, we just kind of laugh. We like that. And so we just use that. Uh, and so even, even when I would go over there, uh, you know, we would talk about, you know, the walking billboard's going to be in, in the building today. But the whole point was, I was coming around, talking about what I was doing, spreading the word. Um, at the same time, I was doing it. I was doing it in the gym. I was doing it there, kind of on display, documenting it, not for any other purpose other than to say, um, I'm not just going to sit here and tell you what you should do. I'm going to show you and not just show you like here's some exercises you can do but really if you want to get this result this is what you have to do and so my programming at that time was was a little bit all over the place I did a lot of traditional strength training I did a lot of body weight training but I would do um, you know say a few weeks of body weight training and a few weeks of, of traditional you know strength strength training barbells and dumbbells and stuff. I would do some running training, but whatever I was doing, I would commit 100%. Now, this was in the uh, mid to late 2000s into the 2010s, kind of that era. Um, largely was when I got into endurance training, which is a far cry from what I do now, but I got into uh, you know, 5Ks and, and half marathons and then mainly into obstacle course racing, um, primarily the Tough Mudders. Um, Spartan races weren't, I don't think, around 2010, 11, 12, or as they started to come up in popularity, um, I was doing more Tough Mudders. Uh, the same kind of thing, right? And that was just what I was into. But, but at the same time, whatever I was trying to promote, if I had a new um, angle or a new... Uh, idea for training I wouldn't just talk about it I would then do it now overall that didn't I didn't have necessarily a strength goal I was reaching for uh, this is before I got into weightlifting um, competitively this is this is um, just me trying to figure out a lot of things I wanted to try so I would promote it but then again I would do it 100% and try my best to Exemplify <laughs> pretty straightforward, right? So I think what, what we can take away, or what you should take away from that is whatever it is that you're trying to promote, whatever it is you're trying to do, whatever it is you're trying to achieve from your own goals, um, or with your own goals, um, that should be kind of your walking billboard for what it is that you do. Now, that's not to say that if you are a 
bodybuilder and like to compete in shows that you only have to train your athletes or your your clients as bodybuilders certainly and that's not i don't necessarily believe that you should should have to be pigeonholed into one form of training what i do mean is that if you are talking about making your fitness routine a lifestyle again the routine can be different for different goals and different people and again that's just something i learned over the years uh, that you don't have to do um, again i have the knowledge uh, through my cscs and my exercise physiology uh, education to train people for marathons i've never run a marathon i've run half but i've never run a full marathon now uh, I'm not going to sit here and claim to be an expert in that, but I feel I can do that based on what I know. However, I've not done it, so I don't ever proclaim to be an expert or, you know, put on my resume, I'll help you train for your marathon. But as a strength and conditioning coach, I know the fundamentals on how to get that done. Now, again, I would defer, obviously, uh, in this case to Chelsea. Uh, who who uh, is our resident running expert. So clearly, if anyone comes in here and wants to improve their running times, their running form, anything like that, you know, uh, we'll, we'll, go, uh, uh, we'll go with them. Uh, or we'll go with her, pardon me. So the thought is, I want to make sure that uh, anyone that we're training, anyone that we're working with they see me or Chelsea you know practicing the same things that we preach and that is probably the most common sense rule of personal training but it's also one that I see over and over and over not being done and I've been guilty of it before you know I try to tell people things in moderation you know my biggest uh, I guess vice if you want to call it that or my biggest thing that I uh, will weasel my way out of or talk myself out of is is not letting myself uh, drink too much beer. Now, I don't get drunk. I, 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 I can't even remember the last time I was actually drunk. But I like to have a beer. Now, I don't drink excessively. But I have one and sometimes two uh, you know, when I sit down for dinner. Now, one a day not going to be the, the, the killer of However, I do know that especially as I age, it definitely does not help my recovery. And it doesn't help protein synthesis and other certain things that, that I need for not just recovery, but for muscle building and you know, maintaining a high natural, the highest natural testosterone levels that I can achieve uh, in my 40s. And so there are certain things that I could do better at. And again, those are things that I'm actively trying to get rid of and you might recall about a year ago I, I did I wanted to do a cut I wanted to get under 10% body fat um, and I think I got right down I went from I think it was I can't remember exactly 13 or 14% down to 10 and I did that largely by not having any alcohol that was the one main thing I did in my in my routine you know then the last year or so uh, it hasn't been a priority to be that low of body fat percent and so just kind of, you know, had a beer when I wanted to have a beer. And obviously there's nothing wrong with that. And since I don't drink to excess ever, it's never an issue. But from a health perspective and from, you know, a 
I'm trying to teach my clients that um, you know, to get to some certain goals, there has to be some sort of discipline. I need to display that discipline as well. Now, they may not see it uh, or see me fail or see me succeed, but at the same time, uh, over, over the course of several months, if I'm not getting leaner or if I'm getting bigger or <laughs> you know, if nothing is changing, uh, they'll, they might wonder, well, what is he doing? And so, again, leading by example is super easy to do or super easy to understand, not always easy to do. Um, and it's one of those common, um, I guess, uh, oh, what's the, I, I can't think of the right word, but there are a lot of personal trainers that get a lot of flack because they're out of shape. They're overweight. They don't train hard themselves. Uh, they got a certification because they thought it would be fun and it's something they enjoy. They want to help people and all that good stuff, but they don't really practice everything they preach. And we all know those kind of trainers. We've all seen those kind of trainers. And if you are one of those kind of trainers, then what I'm trying to get across to you is people see that. And your clients may not see it right away, but they eventually will. And so... Again, unlike some of the things I did in the beginning where I would, you know, train in all different kinds of styles, you know, and I did that to uh, really experiment for myself, I don't think you have to train in every single different discipline, but I think the basic fundamentals of discipline, hard work, um, you know, proper nutrition, proper sleep, you know, all the basic, you need to be doing those things and you need to be doing those things um, as much as you can in order to, um, you know, get your clients, uh, at least get them to understand that that discipline is something that has to happen or they're not going to achieve their results. making room on the couch for our guest today, our reluctant guest who didn't even know she was going to be a guest. Everyone say hi to Chelsea. <laughs> you guys speak loud into the mic. I'll, I'll continue talking. Uh, so, Chelsea, I, I, we're talking today. Um, move this here, just in case you want to say something. quarters in the old studio today. Anyways, um, we're talking today about, uh, you know, we always want to make our, our coaches better. That's what we're our goal is. And so it's, it's about how are, how are we going to continue in this new, in the new year, um, not, not necessarily making resolutions, but how are we going to continue to influence our own clients? How can we be better coaches? What are the little things we can be doing every day uh, to show our clients what it takes to make their fitness journey a reality? Um, don't make their fitness goals And I started off with the easy one, you know, practice what you preach. So again, just to recap, you don't have to do the exact exercises you're trying to get your clients to do. Obviously, in personal training, everything's different. Your clients are going to have different goals than you do. But those basic fundamentals of 
getting enough sleep, getting enough proper uh, nutrition, enough to eat or cutting back on what you eat, the right kind of macronutrients for your goals, all of those sorts of things. I just got done saying that. Like for me, my biggest thing is is not having or trying not to have beer as often as I do. I don't get drunk. I don't do these things. But you know, I like to have a beer every night, you know, with dinner. And although one beer a night is not necessarily going to be uh, I have noticed over the years that when I do cut it out, my waistline.
say it now, but you're not, so I'm awkwardly, <laughs> fill, awkwardly filling the time. So Chelsea has decided, uh, maybe not 100%, but she's been, been dabbling in the world of CrossFit as, as a former professional athlete and another discipline that competitive We, we have plenty of clients that work hard, right? 
styles of training that you're doing, whether it's your drill sergeant, you know, there's uh, a quiet, you know, introspective, good job, you know, type, that's more what I like, you know, the, that's all fine and dandy, but those are givens, right, those are things that we expect personal trainers to just do because that's how you do the job, right, but when it gets to check in and say, okay, look, we've hit that goal. Now what's next? Or we're approaching that goal. Is there something else that we need to be working for? Or I, I see this weakness. We're going to transition. A lot of it, you know, is up to you, right, as the professional to, to see and to, to look at. And I think that's the skill that you need to be honing in on is looking ahead, looking two steps ahead. So, for example, one of my clients, um, this, this is going back a couple of years. Um, he would see me doing some power cleans. He'd never done that, and we weren't doing anything like that. He, he, he was doing just very basic barbell work and dumbbell work and conditioning work, um, but had not really gotten into any Olympic lifting. And, and that's mainly because it wasn't necessarily going to impact his overall fitness. And I thought taking the time to teach him how to do that in the beginning was going to be not counterproductive, but waste some time in the gym when we had other goals to hit first, some baseline strength. But as as I noticed him hitting, you know, some some milestone uh, lifts uh, in terms of weight and his mobility getting a lot better, that was his main reason for coming is he had extremely limited mobility and tightness. That was fixed for the most part. Um, I thought, you know, one way to, to to really spice it up would be to add some Olympic lifting. He really liked pushing heavy weight. I thought this was a new creative challenge. And ever since then, that was two years ago, he's loved 
you know, cleans. We don't do a lot of snatching. We do a little bit, but he loves power cleans and, and jerks. And so we've added that into our, our routine. And again, that's added a whole new element to his capability. He's a lot more explosive and powerful. So when he goes on runs and bike rides and hikes um, with his girlfriend, he's enjoying it a lot more. He's able to like run up the hill and, and just have fun with it again. And those are the things that, again, adding that into his program was not something he asked for. It was something kind of a natural progression of what I could see his body being capable of handling and where that could take his body in terms of ability based on what I know he likes to do outside of the gym in terms of his just overall physical capabilities. Now, at some point, I also then did ask, hey, we do a lot of compound stuff here. We do a lot of total body stuff. Is there anything else that you would be looking for, like a little bit more isolated bicep work, tricep, you know, things like that, that obviously are all good. All of those accessories are excellent to throw in, but, you know, in our personal training sessions, that's not necessarily what we always focus on. And so, you know, a lot of times it's like, yeah, I'd like to, you know, maybe fill out my chest a little bit more, get my shoulders and So then that gives me a little bit more uh, creative more tools in my toolbox. In other words, when they first come in and they have some broad goals, and maybe they don't really know what they want, or really they don't know what's achievable or possible, so we start broad, and then we kind of narrow things down, and as they get more capable, we can get more um, more specific on some, some body parts, or more specific on, on, on goals. And I think that's the, the, the beauty of what you as the trainer can do if you are paying attention. As Chelsea mentioned, it's very common for trainers, and, and we've all been guilty of it. Myself, Chelsea, everyone has done this. You get into a routine, you, your clients come in, they have a good hard workout, and they leave. And yeah, maybe you've, you've written a decent progression for them, and so it's working. But it's not necessarily, we're not touching base with them. We're not, we're not reinvigorating their passion and reinvigorating their, their drive and motivation to hit those, those, uh, those goals. So that takes a little bit of vision bit of planning and yes it's going to force you as the trainer to be a little bit more diligent on what you're recording on what you're um, presenting to them you know a lot of times I have a lot of clients that have no idea what they can lift that the numbers really don't mean a whole lot to them right like most of us trainers we, we gauge our progress especially in the strength world just on, on our numbers what can we lift a lot of my clients they want to get stronger but they're not going to go around and brag to their friends, oh, I can, you know, squat 300 or I can squat 350 or, you know, to their friends and their immediate circle, that won't mean a thing. And that's okay. It doesn't have to. And it doesn't even mean a lot to them necessarily what the absolute number is. They care about, I can only squat 100 pounds and now I can squat 300. I'm 200 pounds stronger. And that, that is what they're after, right? Now, obviously, if we, if we have performance-based athletes and performance-based that, that's a little different. But for our general uh, clients, the number itself doesn't matter. And you need to record it so you know you, know, you can make your, your workouts uh, most efficient possible. But those kind of things um, will, will go a huge uh, or make a huge impact if you are recording those, looking at them, reviewing, and checking in with your client, not just on... Um, 
their satisfaction, but what else are they thinking about? We've talked about this before. You know, our goal, our, our mission uh, is to, to create uh, self-sufficient uh, humans. We want our, all of our clients to be able to do this themselves. And we've talked about this before from a business perspective. It's like, well, that seems counterintuitive because then your clients would leave you. Well, yes, that's what it could potentially mean. But really, <coughs> we do that so that two things. One, if they hit all the goals, they're probably going to tell their friends, and I might get uh, some referrals, word of mouth. But also, um, you, you're going to see them get more capable, and all of a sudden, they're going to have different goals. They're going to have goals in mind now that they never even thought they could have prior because they weren't capable of doing those things. Now they, their body's way more capable and they're going to ask, well, shoot, I, I, maybe I could run a marathon. You know, that's always kind of been a dream bucket list, but I couldn't even run a 5K. Now I've done a, you know, 24-minute 5K, I, maybe I could do a marathon. And so now they need help getting to that next goal, right? So it doesn't stop. The journey doesn't necessarily ever come to an end. There's always something to look forward to and to shoot for. And it takes a trained eye make sure that you're keeping them progressing, which that's first and foremost, but beyond just a basic progression, excuse me, I've got a hiccup, keeping them interested, engaged, and focused. And you do that by making sure you're tracking what they're doing and making sure you're looking ahead to what could possibly take their fitness to the next level that they're now capable of that they want to all right, so we're going to go ahead and stop there. We've got some other things that we'll talk about. Um, I went a little long on today's episode, so we are going to go ahead and stop now, and I will see you soon.